Hello, everybody. This is our uh, 9 16 2022. That's September the 16th, 2022. Episode 66, Right of Sodomy by Randy Engel, page 927. And we'll go down here. And again, we have a uh, we have Brother Jim with us who is going to be working with us on uh, on this podcast. And we're talking about homosexuality in the religious orders. And uh, we're going to. And we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on in our world. And uh, I misspoke. We're going to start with page 919, Homosexuality in the Religious Orders, Chapter 16, Volume 4, The Right of Sodomy by Randy Engel. And I give you Brother Jim, and uh, he's had some experience with the Carmelite Order. Is that right, Jimmy? Yeah. All right. So just that way you want and that's going to be in the corner of your mouth and like uh, that yeah that's going to be a little closer mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to work like that it's not yeah you can try but you want to start reading but you're going to have to keep your pick this up and tilt tilt it it's there you go down that way yeah i don't know how else to do it I haven't adjusted it right but go ahead mm. try that can you and talk loud can you read from there uh yeah Introduction. Oh, you want me to hold this for you? Will that help? Or will that bother you? Because it ain't going to get it the way you've been right. doing it. Oh. Okay. You read and I'll hold this. Is that all right? All right. We Christian, Christian brothers as a religious community are one of the few existing organizations that might provide a stable setting for working out homosexual love. The existing organization of brothers has not been accepting of homosexual expression in the past. There is still a problem of structuring the organization to allow for this variation. Nonetheless, it should not be necessary to exclude a person because he has developed a homosexual love for someone within or without the organization. For homosexual people who might wish to associate with us, We could provide aid or at least protection from repression. There is no immediate solution for the person of homosexual orientation. An organization of religious brotherhood is a natural bridge for the meeting of straight and gay worlds. Gabriel Moran, FSC 1977 Christian Brothers. Let me comment on that. Jimmy, does that sound right to you? This is a... a, uh, Christian brother person, he's yeah. commenting. Does that sound right to you? No, it doesn't. No. Does that sound like the Catholic faith? No, it doesn't. He's he's a leader, and he's telling them this. In fact, let me go on. For Jerome, commenting on Galatians 5, 9, a little 11, says, Cut off the decayed flesh, expel the mangy sheep from the fold, lest the whole house, the whole pace, the whole body, the whole flock burn, perish, rot, die. Arius was but one spark in Alexandria. But as that spark was not at once put out, the whole earth was laid waste by its flames. St. Thomas Aquinas, Summa Theologica. Have you heard of St. Thomas Aquinas? Yes. Is, I couldn't hear you. Yes. He's Is a, he an authority? Yes, he's a saint in the church. You. Saint in the church. All right. That's right. Now, uh, we're here at the teaching school of podcast. You've asked me. Why does this stuff go on? And I said, there's not enough voices out there. 
And if we have more voices, we get more voices out there, this will change. And you want to become one of those voices. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I don't hear you. Yes. All right. You want Mm -hmm. to be heard. Right. Start. Okay. You want to. Can you try? Okay. With your one hand holding this and try it. We're experimenting. Want to get it close to your mouth. There you go. And try to read loud. It is one of the truly tragic marks of our age that many religious orders, once the glory of the Roman Catholic Church, have become vehicles of destruction of the Catholic priesthood, an epicenter of homosexual collective within the church. The charge that the homosexual collective in the United States took root in Catholic religious institutes and congregations before the diocesan priesthood can be verified from a number of different sources, including statements from both opponents and proponents of homosexual collectives. For example, the for former oblate priest Richard Wagner, who went from a religious to a producer of homosexual porno films. What? 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 Let me comment on that. That's not what? good. No. For example, former oblate priest Richard Wagner, who went from a religious to a producer of homosexual porno films, affirmed in a 1981 study, gay Catholic priest, that the homosexual movement in the Catholic Church began in religious orders, not the diocese of priesthood. What can you say about that, Jimmy? Well, they shouldn't be in there. That's not a good thing. No, that's not a good thing. You want your money to support that? No, we shouldn't be supporting that. You don't mind? Catholic education. They should change that. And if they can't, can we withhold our money from that? Yes. Is that a yes or a no? Yes. That's what I wanted to hear. Now, uh, you did the right answer. You're going to get a ride home. All right. In 1982, the Homosexual Network, uh, in the Homosexual Network, Father Rueda documented the important role that male religious orders have played in embracing, sustaining, and financing the Homosexual Collective. These orders include uh, Jesuits, Franciscans, Dominicans, Salvatorians, Benedictines, Christian Brothers, Xavian Brothers, Holy Cross Priests, Paulus, Capuchins, Oblates of St. Francis de Sales, and Oblates of Mary Macklet. At least 57 U.S.-based religious orders, institutes, and congregations have publicly supported the pro-homosexual activities and programs of the Catholic Coalition for Gay Civil Rights and or New Ways Ministry. Shocking, Jimmy. Yes. All right. Pick well, her, pick her up there and hold okay. this up there. There you go. Try and get that. There you go. Five Catholic religious orders and institutions operating in the United States are covered in depth in this chapter. The Order of Friars Minor, Franciscans, Society of Jesus Jesuits, the Order of Preachers, Dominicans, the Society of the Divine Savior, Salvatorians, and the Society of St. John. There is also a short report on Legionnaires of Christ. Before examining specific religious orders, however, let us look at special nature, structure, and rules of religious order and distinguish them from the secular or diocesan priesthood with which most readers are likely to be more familiar. Religious Orders in the Evangelical Councils Religious orders in the Roman Catholic Church are institutes of consecrated life 
distinguished by perpetual observance of the evangelical counsels of perfect chastity, voluntary poverty, and obedience to lawful authority, and the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. The oldest of the religious orders are the monastic orders, which took root in the East under St. Basil the Great, 329-379 A.D., father of Oriental monasticism, and St. Benedict of Nursia, 480-547 A.D., father of Western monasticism. Dominating the Middle Ages were the mendicant orders of St. Dominic and St. Francis, which practiced evangelical councils and theological virtues within the framework that embraced both the collective and active spiritual life. There were also military or military orders that dated from the 12th century whose members, while observing all the essential obligations of traditional religious life, had as their main objective the armed defense of Christ in the Holy Land, and finally the hospitaller orders whose members were vowed to perpetual chastity in service of the sick and poor. Until modern times, the foundation underlying all religious life was that man should deny not himself, not realize or actualize himself. The vows taken by candidates for religious orders are not mere negation, but a positive affirmation of Jesus' invitation to the first apostles. apostles. Come after me, I will make you fishers of men. In addition to religious who bind themselves by perpetual or permanent vows, there are some religious institutes commonly referred as societies of apostolic life, such as the orations of St. Philip Neri, the Paulist and Sulpicians, that do not profess vows, although they live the common life of religious. Some orders offer a fourth vow. The Jesuits, for example, have a fourth vow of direct obedience to the Pope for special missions. Besides the common end of religious life that makes it a school of perfection, each religious order has a special charism or called calling connected to a particular ministry in the church, such as care and occupational training of orphans, Christian brothers, education, Jesuits, preaching Dominicans, and the contemplative Benedictines. Missionary enterprises for the propagation of the faith have traditionally been entrusted to religious orders, such as the Holy Ghost Fathers and Mary No Fathers. In times past, religious orders, priests, monks, nuns, like nuns, were always instantaneously recognizable by their unique habit or style of dress. Religious bind themselves to live in community in accordance with the rules and constitutions ratified by their order and approved by the Holy See. They, they owe their obedience to their provincial or prior who in turn is directly responsible to the superior of the order who usually resides in Rome. All recognized religious orders fall under the authority of sacred congregation for religious and secular institutes. 
Ultimately, they are responsible to the Supreme Pontiff who has power to call religious orders into the existence or suppress it completely. What do you think about that? Uh, We're learning about how the orders work, but we don't want them orders supporting depravity, do we? No. No. And uh, I'll read on here a little bit. Religious may hold ecclesiastical offices in the church, including bishops, cardinalists, and even the office of Supreme Pontiff. However, there have been occasions when the head of an order has opposed the selection of religious to higher office outside the order as the practice tends to diminish potential sources of leadership and inspiration necessary to maintaining the vigor and integrity of the order. Again, the vigor and integrity of the order to serve the order of precedence, which is God's goodwill, right? Right. It has not escaped public notice that John Paul II II has placed religious at the head of two of the largest dioceses in the nation. Archbishop Sean O'Malley of the Order of Friars Minor Capuchins in Boston and Francis Cardinal George of the Oblates of Mary Immaculate in Chicago. In an attempt to heal the two war-weary seas that have been plagued by clerical sex abuse and systemic cover-ups by ecclesiastical authorities. Jim, what do you think? I mean, they're saying that there's been sex abuse and cover-ups by church authorities. What do you think of a cover-up by a church authority? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, they shouldn't have that. Bad thing. They need bad thing. <coughs> Today, there are between 15,000 and 20,000 male religious in the United States representing more than 120 different orders, congregations, and societies of apostolic life. This means about one-third of the priests in the United States belong to religious orders rather than diocesan priesthood. <coughs> you want to pick her up there? Where? In large diocese, male religious represent a significant portion of the clerical workforce. For example, in Philadelphia Archdiocese, there are 564 diocesan priests and 392 religious order priests representing 31 religious orders. The single largest order operating in the Archdiocese is the Augustinian Order that staffs and operates five parishes, two high schools, and Villanova College. Although other priests, although order priests, do not owe their obedience directly to the bishop in whose diocese they reside and work, the ordinary of the diocese must approve each and every religious that works in the diocese. A bishop has canonical powers to order an individual religious or, in extreme cases, an entire order out of his diocese. Before the dispute reaches this point, however, the Holy See generally steps in to mediate the dispute that may involve a case of moral turpitude in the case of an individual priest or brother, but is more likely to be a power of financial issue if the whole order is involved. Religious priests differ from diocesan priests in a number of significant ways. Most order priests take permanent vows, diocesan and priests voluntarily make a promise of celibacy as required by church law and a promise, promise of obedience to their bishop at the time of ordination. Can they help out here? <coughs> or do a break? They are, however, not, uh, they are, however, not bound by vows of poverty. And uh, seculars 
earn a modest salary and are permitted to retain their own financial assets, including inheritances, rather than turn them over to the order, as in the case with religious. Can you follow us there? That's diocesan priests. <clears throat> religious traditionally live in community, while diocesan priests generally reside at their parish rectory, either alone or with other priests. In recent years, however, a large number of religious and some diocesan priests have been given permission to live alone in private apartments apart from their community or parish. As one might expect, there is often a degree of tension in a diocese between diocesan priests and religious who have different structures of authority and different goals and tasks. On one hand, religious orders have always fiercely guarded their independence from the ordinary in in uh, in order to live. Uh, let me see what this says here. To live in in a given diocese and abide by the rules and regulations laid down by the sitting bishop. Many a religious want a voice in the decision making processes of the diocese. At the national level. Religious orders are not formally a part of the USCCB structure, although they are represented through various USCCB committees. The Conference of Major Superiors of Men, founded in 1956 and canonically approved in 1959 by the Sacred Congregation for Religious and Secular Institutes, is the national representative body for the men in religious and apostolic communities in the United States. The regular membership of the CMSM includes 258 major superiors representing some 120 religious orders and institutes. The CMSM maintains a for formal ties with the USCCB, the National Assembly of Religious Brothers, the Leadership Conference of Women, Religious, and other national agencies. This takes us to page 922, ending there. We'll pick up 923 maybe the next time. So today, we've gone from 919 to 923, 919 to 919 to 923. And Jimmy, we're just about talked out. You kind of how to do this. Yes. Learning your voice that. modulation. And uh, since the voice went down a little bit, I don't, you can't get paid. I get today. weak. You get what? I, my voice gets weak. What do you think? <laughs> 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 well, and then, uh, you got the modulation we're working on. Modulation. So, uh, <coughs> and consistency. Consistency. Huh? And voice. Voice. And then you're learning to hold us at a certain area. Right. Yeah. Well, I can't pay you for today, right? Is that okay? Because you was, right. I had to help volunteer out. Work, huh? Huh? Is this volunteer work? Well, I'll tell you right <laughs> now that <coughs> Teresa, that stipend Teresa did, I get to keep it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> she didn't give no statement, but but we're trying. My point is that those of you out there hearing, Jimmy, you're seeing the egg has hatched. We got a hatchling here, <coughs> and he's trying to do his best. I got a cold. If she did stay a statement, I should keep it because I had to work today. I I had to take over several times. Right. Do you think it'd be fair if there was a stipend that you should at least share it today? Yes. That's all I wanted to know. One for you, nine for me. One for you, nine for me. <laughs> right. Now I've known Jimmy for over nine months, haven't I? <coughs> a long time. Long time. All right, my friends. Uh we'll conclude there. 
Why don't you do a concluding prayer, Jimmy? Um, I mean, help in the name, in the name of the Father, Father Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy will, will be done, done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. St. Joseph, guide us and protect us. Now, things can get nervous because I could ask you what your name is. It'll get better. Just forget about that, folks. I have, we've done this. I get nervous and can't remember people's names that I should. You, and 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 uh, sometimes I forget what my own name is. <laughs> so 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 lack of sleep, lack, lack of sleep, because we're doing yeoman's effort. We're doing the we're doing the work the bishop should be doing, right? He should be doing this. We got to do his work plus our own work. Could we? Would I'm kind of don't have the courage to send him a bill. Would you be willing to send him a bill? No, I don't. Would you do it through the mail? If you were to do it, would you recommend it? Uh, we could it? do it through the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Anonymously, dear Bishop, pay us money. We want a carton of Marlboro cigarettes <laughs> on my front porch. <laughs> All right. We wish you well, everybody. Take care. God bless. And, Therese, if you're hearing out there, smash that like button. Give us five stars, whatever it is. Right?